Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hope all is well with you and yours, for this is the day that the Lord has made, and we shall rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Greetings this morning, brothers and sisters, all over the world, all over the land, all over the country. If you are human, good morning to you. I'm just so grateful to be here with you one more time on this morning, for God is good and he's worthy, worthy to be praised from the rising of the sun to the going down the same. He's so worthy to be praised. And we're just so grateful to him from whom all blessings flow. Why don't you come on in this morning and get ready to praise God with us. Amen. As we go to our praise and worship leader for God has just been so good to us. He's been better to us than we've been to ourselves. And for that, we want to say we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. And at this no longer um, further ado, we'll turn it right over to our praise and worship leader. Sister Harris, it's on you. Good morning. Good morning. It's such a blessed opportunity to be able to come together once more and again and praise the true and the living God. On this morning, we've been centering in on being thankful, being grateful. We're going to kind of stay in that same vein this morning. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord.
are grateful.
if I never see another day. If I never see another smiling face. If I never take another step.
2023 amen you didn't know what to expect on this year you didn't know what this year was going to bring you didn't know how this year was going to take you and twist you but some has pulled us up some it seemed like it's pulled us down but nonetheless we're still in god's hand god is good and he's wonderful he's kind he's love he's peace he's omnipotent he's all seeing and he's all knowing for his love is all around us. And we're grateful. Throw your hands up this morning. I don't care where you may be. If you're in the car, keep one hand on the car wheel. Amen. If you're at home, if you're in the quietness of your place and, and in your room or wherever that place may be, that you can just worship from right now. That the world is set aside this week as a week of Thanksgiving. But we as believers know that every day is Thanksgiving. That every day is a day that we should give thanks. Every day I should use every tongue and every part of my being to give him him thanks. Hallelujah. How many of you know you're just grateful this morning? Because it could have been another way. We could have been at your funeral. We could have been reading your obituary. We could have been seeing you in the hospital. But nonetheless, God is good and his grace and his mercy endure for forever. And we're grateful this morning. We're grateful. We're grateful. We're grateful. Come on, somebody. Put your hands up. I don't care where you are. That he can visit you 
right where you are, that we have a spirit of gratitude this morning, that I come to you, Lord, not for what you could do for me or what you have done for me, oh God, but I come because I just love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. The many times that I have left you, oh God, but you never left me, Lord. The many times that I've given up, oh God, but you've not given up on me, Lord. The many times that I've thrown in the towel, Lord, I said to hell with all of it, oh God. But nonetheless, oh God, you've kept me, oh God. Well, just sometimes in some instances, oh God, it seemed like you had to drag me, oh God. But Lord, I'm grateful that you never gave up on me. Lord, you never gave up on any of us, oh God, Lord, that you're holding us and you're keeping us, oh God, that life comes with ups and downs, Lord. It comes with to and fro, Lord. That, Lord, gee, the enemy comes in, oh God, like a flood. But, Lord, you said that you would lift up a standard against him. That he would come in one way and yet when he flees seven different ways, oh God, you said he would. And, Lord, we hold you to that, oh God, Lord, for we know, Lord Jesus, that the just live by faith, oh God, Lord, gee, that we're walking by faith and not by sight, Lord. We don't know how it's going to work out, Lord, gee, but we know this part that it's going to work in our favor, Lord. We know, Lord Jesus, that, Lord, no matter what the holiday season may bring, oh, God, what come to and fro, Lord, that it cannot end until you said it is the end. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your power. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your strength, Lord. We thank you for all that you've done. Lord, we ask you to continue to touch, Lord, our musician, Sister Harris. Oh, God, bless her, oh, God. Lord, you're touching her body, her mind, her heart, her soul, her spirit, oh, God. Love on her family, oh, God. Provide, open up doors out of those doors, oh, God. Open up windows, oh, God. Create new doors, Lord. You let them be like troops and leap over walls, oh, God. Lord, I ask that you continue to touch the Safe House Church, Lord. I ask that you look upon them and keep them, oh God, strengthen them, oh God. Some have gone through some things this year, Lord, in their bodies, in their minds, in their souls, and in their spirits, oh God. But nonetheless, Lord Jesus, you are able, oh God. You've been a keeper, oh God. No one, Lord Jesus, has been a loss of life, oh God. Some have been hurt, some have been in the hospital, oh God. But nonetheless, you've kept us, oh God, Lord. And we thank you for that in the name of Jesus, Lord. And we honor you, Lord Jesus, for all that you've done, oh God. We praise your name, Lord, and we give your name all the honor and all the praise, Lord Jesus, for it's yours and yours alone, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord Jesus, on this morning. We praise your name on this morning, Lord. We give your name the honor and the praise, Lord, for it's none like you in all the land. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Why don't you lift your hands up to him and say hallelujah? Why don't you lift your hands up to him and say hallelujah? Tell him that you thank him, that you thank him for all that he's done. That it's just more than a cliche. It's more than just a time of year. It's more than just that I, I said every um, third Thursday of the, the, the 11th month of the year, but I give him thanks, Lord, you for all that he's done and all that he's continuing to do, that the ways he's made out of no way, that he's the lily of the valley, he's the bright and morning star, he's Elohim, El Shaddai, hallelujah, he's that rose of Sharon, he is the bomb in Gilead, amen, he is that rock of ages, amen, he's my shield and he's my buckler, amen, he is my comforter, oh God, he is all that I asked him to be. For he said, I am who I am. That means I am anything that you need me to be. That I am anything you ask me to be. I am the, the keeper of your soul. I am the love of your soul. I am the creator of all things. Hallelujah. And we are just grateful, grateful, grateful. Come on, church. Come on. Are you grateful? Amen. Are you grateful? Because it could have been another way. Hallelujah. But he didn't allow it. And we're just grateful for his grace and his traveling mercy. Amen. Lord, you that some 
some things you didn't keep us from, but you kept us through them, oh God. And we honor you, oh God. And we praise you, Lord, and we ask you to do all these things to others in the powerful name of Jesus. For we know this one thing, and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Good morning, saints of the Most High God, for God is good, and he's worthy, worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We're just so grateful to be back here with you one more time. Hallelujah. For God has just been so good to us. And I know I keep saying that. I keep saying that. But I live in a spirit of gratitude. This is who I am 24-7. Amen. Because God is good. And when I think about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah. I thank God for saving me. Greetings and good morning, brothers and sisters of the Most High God, and welcome to the Safe House Church of Greensboro, North Carolina. If this is your first time here with us, we'd say welcome, welcome, welcome. We just a group of people who are enjoying God and, and loving him and just enjoying the trip, amen, for all that he's done and all that he continues to do in our lives, amen. And we're just grateful, 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 grateful to him because it could have been another way, but he didn't allow it. And I am, for one, am grateful. Um, here at the Safe House Church, we are known as a hybrid church. What that means is that we, we meet face-to-face -face and then we meet a lot online, amen. In particular, we meet once a month face-to-face -face in the face-to-face -face space. Last time we got together in no, um, earlier this month, a couple of weeks ago, amen, was just a high time in the Lord, amen. We was able to dedicate babies back to Christ, amen, and, and, and able to spend time and enjoying each other's um, company there at the Simpkins Elementary School. And that time is coming again next Sunday. December the 3rd, next Sunday, I'm telling you, don't want to miss it. December the 3rd, next Sunday, we'll be at the Simpkins Elementary School at 9 a.m. as we go into our Christmas celebration, amen. We'll still have our services online, but this is our face-to-face -face for the month of December. So this is the last service of the year. Every member, every, hear me, hear me what? Every member of the Safe House Church, there is the expectation that you will be in the place, Amen. For there is a mighty word of God. And also we'll be casting vision for 2024. So you don't want to miss that. Amen. Then we also have some families that we want to bless. Amen. Um, during the holiday season every year, um, we believe God has called us to be a blessing in particular to East Greensboro area. And every year we do something. You know, one year we did coats. One year we did, we've done backpacks. We've done a little bit of everything to be able to bless our community. So we're not just in our community to be a hindrance, but we want to be a blessing and we want people to change. We want things to change because we are a part of that community. So are y'all with me? So with that, we have some this year, we, um, we, we decided to focus on some families. Amen. So we have some families that we believe God is um, calling us to. Amen. And we're going to support those families this um, year. We got two families in particular that we're going to support through the holiday season. Amen. And I am grateful to say that and grateful for us to be able to be in a position financially to be able to do so. Amen. I know everybody can't say that and, and I understand and you know, it is what it is, but we're just grateful that we've been strategic enough and been following the, the plan that we believe God is out loud for us to be able to be a blessing in our community. Amen. For God has just been so good to us. We want to say, um, good, um, want to say a, uh, a God bless you and, um, and, and, uh, acknowledge first lady Felicia Ely. Amen. Um, we just go grateful to our wife and all our, ch you know, and our children. Amen. Madison and Preston. Amen. And to all the members of the safe house church, we're just so glad that you are here with us on this morning. I trust and believe that you had a wonderful holiday um, and time with your families. Amen. I didn't get any negative reports 
um, or anything going on, but nothing but good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Amen. And we are just so grateful, grateful. And um, wanted you all to know as a church family that we have been able to also bless some families during Thanksgiving. Amen. And wanted you all to know that. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in person on next week or some of the things that you were able to do through your giving. Amen. That everything that goes into the Safe House Church, I tell people all the time, and I'm very serious about this. And you can look. You know, God has blessed me. Amen. He's blessed me with a tremendous career in the secular world to be able to do what I do. Amen. But at the same time, we give and we give of our tithe and our offering that we believe that God has called us to do, which is part of our reasonable service. And by doing that, also, we're able to take a lot of those funds and resources to go back and be able to help individuals in our community because people are, are struggling. Amen. I was talking with one individual on last week. Amen. And we was talking with her and she was telling me that, you know, she was trying to, you know, she was at the point she was homeless. Amen. And there's a lot of good people who are what we call the working poor, meaning they have two, you know, some of them three jobs. They doing the very best they can and still just not enough. Amen. And um, she was talking about how apartments were $1,500 a month. And I'm thinking $1,500 a month for an apartment. Woo. Um, you know, I was thinking, um, I, I don't think I, well now, but I've, I had owned a couple of houses and the mortgage payment was never 1500 Amen. And we talking about, you know, some pretty nice places. Amen. So things are getting completely out of control and, and we know, and we acknowledge that. Amen. And that's why we want to be a blessing to our brothers and sisters. Amen. Just not financially, oh God, but in terms of wisdom and then give them our insight for the Bible. You know, um, they came to Peter and Peter said that silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I give unto you. Well, we have a little bit of silver and maybe a little bit of gold. Amen. But we also have the empowerment of Christ within us, amen, to show you and give you insight and be able to pray with you and know that God can change your situation in collaboration with what we do to um, help you or support you, amen. The Bible says it like this, that faith without works is dead. So you can believe, but if you don't put in the work and if you don't make the right choices and you don't do the things, amen, and and, uh, and, and some faith, amen, because faith is faith, amen. You got to believe that it's going to work out in your favor, that it's going to work out in your good. And I've seen God turn some situations around, including mine. Amen. I'm grateful to be healthy in my body. I'm grateful for all of those who are watching by way of the telecast. Our dear sister Carolyn, amen, and others watching by way of the um, um, telecast and all of those of the Safe House Church, all the family, Sister Hicks, we're grateful that her mother's doing well. Amen. Her mother's well into her 90s and she had a fall and broke a leg. Amen. And, you know, had a, a, a surgery. Amen. And she's coming out just fine. Amen. Others, the Ganaway, Nicholson families and the Jordans and Ely's. And we're just grateful, grateful, grateful for God is just good to us. And the Webb family, he's been so good to us. He's just been better to us than we've been to ourselves. I don't know if we have any birthdays on this week. I don't think I have any birthdays that I need to shout out. Amen. But just for the record, amen, you know, pastor's birthday is next week. Hallelujah. I'm just grateful to see another year. Amen. It'll be six years since we've been out in full-time ministry. Six years. Amen. Six years. Man, it's been six years. <laughs> six years, um, you know, that we've been out in um, full-time ministry. And we're just grateful to God that, um, you know, there's some who probably predicted or would say that we would still not be here. Amen. But nonetheless, we are here. We are here. Amen. And we are grateful to be here. And we don't want to get our folks out in Texas. Amen. We're grateful for the Webb family. Amen. And um, all that God has blessed them to do. Amen. And um, did Brother Chester have a birthday? Amen. If he did, I'm sorry. I'm happy birthday, um, Brother Chester, if I'm missing you. 
Amen. But we're just so grateful, grateful. How many of y'all are just happy in Jesus? I'm just happy for what God has done and what God continue to do. Amen. I ask that you all continue to remember, invite somebody. You know, in this day and time, especially with us being online, they get a chance to preview us before they even see us. They get a chance to preview us before they even see us. So please invite others to come. Amen. You know, for the Bible tells us that we are to go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. So therefore, I invite you to share your faith. I know that means that it exposes you, which means now people are going to be looking at you. I get it. I get it all the time. You know, I'll be in some place and they say, well, you're a pastor. Or, you know, I'm in something they say, well, you're, you're a pastor. And all these things are true. But what I understand and what I know is that I'm showing them God through me. And that I was with a colleague of mine at work and, and we went to a restaurant to eat after one of our meetings and, and the only place that was available was the bar. And, and she went on to say, and you know, that, well, um, you, you're a pastor, you can't eat at the bar, can you? And I'm like, um, yes, I can. I mean, <laughs> the bar is the table, amen. So I went right to the bar and I ate and we had a good time. And, you know, just, you know, because I, you know, I'm at the bar, I mean, I actually necessarily have a drink, amen. So we in a day and time that we just, you know, and people don't know because, you know, different places, different things, people see different things and people are used to different. But I, I know us in holiness, amen, of the apostolic faith, amen, um, those what they call us Jesus only people that I can go anywhere and be able to hold my integrity about me, amen. That's part of it that you think about when Jesus went, Jesus went into all these different places and he went and he pulled them out of those places, amen. So you ain't got much if you can't go in there and it's not staying. Now, I'm not saying that if you know that's your vice, amen, that you don't, you know, don't put yourself in that. Don't be naive. Mm -hmm. If you know alcohol is a vice, but alcohol for me has never been a vice. I've never been a drinker, never wanted this stuff, amen. So it doesn't bother me, but I, like anybody else, I have my vices too. So certain things I know I should not expose myself to because I know what? That's a vice for me. And the same with you. But if it's not a vice for you, then God is probably giving you the anointing to be able to go into a place like that and be able to help others and witness to others. Amen. And let others see how it is done. Not that you're perfect, but that how it is done. I want to move this morning with you. I believe there is a word from the Lord. I'm asking you again, each and every one of you, as many as possible, please be with us on next week. Amen. As we cast vision, amen, for the next um, year 2024, I believe God has given us, amen, and we'll go a little bit deeper into that, um, and, and I've already told you kind of, you know, what it is investing deeply, amen, but we'll talk about that um, even more on next week, and I just look forward to seeing each and every one of you, if it's God's will. I ask that you all to continue to pray for me, give me traveling mercy um, at the conclusion of service today. I'm going to be driving back to Alabama. That's a, like seven and a half hours uh, so I should get there maybe about 8 o'clock tonight, I hope. Or oh, I forgot, 8 on Central Time, so we'll, I'll get an hour back. But nonetheless, um, just pray for me as I travel along the highways. Amen. We know there's a lot of different things out there, a lot of dangers. But nonetheless, we ask that God's traveling mercy be upon me. So that didn't mean I'm going to cut you short today. So whatever the Spirit would do, the Spirit will do. All right, so I want to go right into what I believe God has given us to share with you on this morning for God is good and he's worthy um, to be praised. And we want to go with to the book of Joshua. Now the song you said Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. 
Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, and the walls came tumbling down. Now, I don't know about you all, but I remember those. When I was in college, they used to sing those songs, amen, the gospel chorus. Come on, Joshua, the seventh chapter, seventh chapter, seventh chapter, amen. Are you feeling good in your spirit today? I hope that you are. I am rested, amen. I'm grateful I got a break, y'all. I didn't realize how hard your boy was working. Amen. Remember, we will have prayer service. Our prayers continually Monday through Friday at um, 6 a.m. That's Easter Standard Time, 6 a.m. We will be praying. Amen. Want to go to the book of Joshua. We want to go to, I got a little reading to do for you today. So I don't want to be before you, but I got to lay that foundation, right? So we want to go to Joshua, the seventh chapter. And we want to go, um, we're going to do verses 1 through 12. And then I'm going to skip over some of that to get down because there's a lot of reading, 19 through 25. Then we're going to skip over to chapter number 8, the next chapter over. And we're going to do verses 1 through 7. So give you a second to drop that down as we get ready to go forward here on this morning. Please share this broadcast with somebody else. How many of you know that God is able to do above and beyond and exceedingly glad? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know he is. I know he is. All right, so let me go ahead and get in this first one here. And I'm ready to pull up our screen here. Let's see if we can share that Bible with you this morning. Uh, let's see. Okay, there we go. Bible share is in full effect. All right, and it goes this distance. And it says, But the children of Israel committed to uh, committed a trespass in the accusation thing for Icon, the son of Kamara, the son of Zebedah, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took on the accusation thing, and the anger and the anger of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua said, sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth Haven, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai. And they returned to Joshua and said unto them, Let not all the people go up. They're preparing for battle. They're looking to go conquer this land. He said, But let about two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai. And make not all the people to labor thither, for there are but a few. So he's already projecting that there's only a few people here. So we don't need everybody to go. Some of the soldiers just send basically the paratroopers in or send just the rangers in or SEAL Team 6. And they should be able to take care of this. All right. Now watch this. And it goes on and it says in verse 4, it says, So they went up to the of the people and 3,000 men, and they fled before the men of Ai. Fled, meaning that they are on the run. They went in to conquer, but they are on the run. Watch this. And then he says, And the men of Ai smote of them 36 men. So 36 of them have been killed already. Now they are what? On the run. They are in retreat mode. And 36 of them have been um, killed. For they chased them before the gate, even unto Sheba, I guess that's um, Sheba, Sheba Ram, and smote them in the going down 
Wherefore the hearts of the people melted and became as water. What do you mean? That the people, the hearts of the people melted, not that their hearts literally melted, but what happened was that they were so much in fear, they were so now discouraged that they might as well have been water. Meaning that what now they've gotten to the point that they are useless. Because now they see where it should have been a few, which they thought was going to be quick, which they thought they were going to come in and take over. Now is no longer the case. In fact, they are on the retreat. They have lost 36 men. And now they find themselves at a point that they feel like nothing. Watch this. And the Bible says, and Joshua rent his clothes, meaning that he ripped his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord. The ark of the Lord here being what? The ark of the covenant. When they have the ark of the covenant, what happens? They always win. So we thought. The Ark of the Covenant is important. Why? Because the Ark of the Covenant is representation of the Spirit of God being with them. Amen? I have a little small replica of the Ark of the Covenant. I gave every home who's part of our ministry. They have a small replica of the Ark of the Covenant and symbolization that what the Spirit of um, God is with us. Amen? Uh-huh. So even when the Spirit is with you, watch this. He failed. How is this? So then he goes on and he, and he says this. And um, and he says, before the ark of the Lord, uh, uh, until the evening tide, he and the elders of Israel and put dust upon their heads. With the dust upon the head, the show that what they humbling themselves on him, they trying to get God's attention. And it says this in verse seven, and it says, and Joshua said, um, at last, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou at all brought the people over Jordan? So he's reminding God, you brought us over Jordan. Did you bring us here to fail? See, they, if you notice in these prayers and you see throughout that they always go back and they remind God of stuff. Aren't you the God that did this and do that and do this? So they're building themselves up, but they also reminding God, well, okay, what's going on? And he says, to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites, to destroy us? Now, look, this is Joshua questioning God. Because now they find themselves in a position that they thought they should go in this lack of days, go, go through the motions, and that they was going to win this battle, but they got their butt kicked. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Then he goes on and he says this. Would to God we have been content and dwell on the other side of joy. Lord, we would have been better not trying to come to the promised land. <laughs> Do y'all see what I'm saying here? How many of you know when you're in the retreat of battle, a little adversity come your way, and some of us throw in the towel and say, Lord, you might have left me where I was. Lord, I was better off where I was. Because over there, at least I won't lose it. But over there, I won't win it either, but at least I won't lose it. This is how we get sometimes. I include. Lord, if he would have left me on that job, I think I might have been better. Lord, if he would have left me over there, Lord, this might have been better for me, or this would have changed, or this could have been this, or that could have been that. Are y'all with me? Watch this. And he says, you know, and he says this. So then I said, what are we going to do? We're going to skip down to, what's the next verse? I'm going to skip down, or I'm going to go through 12, okay? Um, he says in 8, he says, Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel turned their back before their enemies? Meaning that they are in retreat. Lord, you never lose. Why are we in retreat? Are you not with us? These are the questions that he's asking. He said, for the Canaanites and all their inhabitants of the land shall hear of it. Meaning that what? Everybody else is going to hear that God's people lost. That was God's people that went down. But I thought Jesus never fails. I thought God never fails. So what's going on here, pastor? Keep going. Keep following with me. Keep tracking with me, as brother um, Tare would say. He says this. He says, um, 
and for the you know they should hear of it and shall environ us around and cut off our name from the earth and wilt thou do unto thy great name? Meaning that what they gonna come in and they gonna annihilate us, genocide. They gonna get rid of us. Now verse ten. Now he said all this stuff. Now he's done all this speaking. Ain't this just like us to do all this talking and all this speaking? But here is God. Now he didn't did all his speaking, and God gonna speak in two verses. Pretty much. He's going to speak in two verses here. So watch this. Here we go. So he says this, and he says, hold on, let me find it. He says this in verse number 10, and he says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Can you imagine God just telling him, Get up, boy. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel has sinned. This is God speaking to him. And they have also transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them. That which he's told them to do, covenant. Have you transgressed against the covenant? I digress. For they have even taken of the accused thing and have also Stolen and disassembled also. They ain't assembling themselves and they thieves. Hmm. This is what he's saying. And they have put it even among their own stuff. Not only are they dumb enough to steal the stuff and to break my covenant, but they also got the stuff with them. Dumb thieves, dumb thieves. So what does he say then? So now, maybe this is why you didn't win. Because while you thought you were doing the thing, you were showing up the church and you was praying and you were doing this and you were doing your thing, but there were some other things that you were hiding. There were some other things that all of us didn't know that you were dealing with. There were some thought life things. There were some physical things. There were some speaking things. There were some things that you were doing and we were wondering why could we not win the battle? But there's some things that we all been dealing with that may have been keeping us from winning the battle. So then he goes on and he says this in verse 12. He says, Therefore the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies. You can't win. With that baggage you carrying, you can't win with that what you're doing. You think you're going to have your cake and eat it too? Not before the God of Israel you won't. So watch this. So he said, but turn their backs before their enemies. Meaning that they had to retreat. Because they were accused. Neither will I be with you. Anymore. So why did they lose the battle? Because God is not even with them. Yes, I have the look of God being with me. We have the ark here with us. And since the ark is here with us, then we must going to be winning this battle because he's here with us. The Bible says it like this later on that sometimes you can have a form of godliness, but yet denying the power thereof. Meaning you can look like a Christian, you can talk like a Christian, you can walk like a Christian, but your life might be held behind closed doors. Who are you when nobody else is looking? 
Who are you? Yeah, you're nice to everybody and you're speaking, but when you got to deal with you, when you're dealing with you, when you're riding down that road by yourself, when you're in that bathroom by yourself, when you're in that shower by yourself, what are you doing? What are you thinking? This is what he's talking about. Stay with me. So then he goes on and he says this, and he says, in verse 13, he says, um, because, where was I? Because they were accused, neither will I be with you anymore, except ye destroy their accursed from among you. Except you destroy the accursed from among you. So he's very clear to hear with him in these verses that look, until you destroy the curse from among you, forget about it. You're not winning anything. All right, skip down to 19 with me. 19. 19 through uh, 25, I believe it is. All right, and it says this. These are important and we're going to get off. All right, so then he goes on and he says this. And Joshua said unto Akon, my son, give, I pray thee, glory to the Lord God of Israel. Meaning, praise God. And make confession unto him. Did you do anything? And tell me now what thou hast done. Hide it not from me. And I can answer Joshua and say it. Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. And thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils of a goodly Babylonish garment, what is wrong with this picture? Babylonian. Babylon is stuff the devil. Babylon is all that stuff you left behind. He is going after Babylon, but they got to have something from Babylon, meaning that he's taking something from the past. That's not even his. How many of you are holding on to some things that you should let go? You know you should let go. You know that they're not yours to bury. They're not yours to carry. They're not yours to have. But yet you hold on to them as a spoil. Mm-hmm. Watch this. He says, and 200 shekels of silver... And a wedge of gold of 50 shekels in weight. That's huge. Then I coveted them. I lest it for them. Our own eyes. And took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth, in the midst of my tent. Meaning that he's dug it in the ground, in a hole. And the silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hid in the tent and the silver under it, just like he said. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and to all the children of Israel and laid them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all of Israel took Akon, the son of Zarah, and the silver and the garment and the wedge of gold and his sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had. And they brought them unto the valley of Ankar. And Joshua said, why hast thou troubled us? Why did you bring this on us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all of Israel stone him with stones and burn them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. Touch your name and say, you got to kill it. You got to kill it. Put it in the chat if you're listening to make sure that you're listening, that you're with me. You got to kill it. You got to kill it.
There's no other way. You gotta kill it. If you brought it with you and it's supposed to be there, you gotta kill it. Let's switch on over. Eight chapter. Eight chapter. And, I, and I'm gonna get this in there and then I'm gonna get in and we're gonna get out of your way. Eight chapter. Watch this. Now we saw that side. Now let's go to the other side of this. Hallelujah. That's right. Put it in the chat. You know, let's go to the other side of this. Now here's the other side of this. Joshua 8 and 1, and it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Fear not, neither be thou dismayed. Take all the people of war with thee, and arise and go to AIC. I have given unto thy hand the king of Ai and his people and his city and his land. Now these are the same ones that they just got their behind kicked by. But here's the difference. They got their behind kicked because God was not with them. They had some things that there was sin in the camp. And since there was sin in the camp, then they could not go forward because God cannot bless on top of sin. Mm-hmm. I know this is not one of them rah-rah messages. This is not one of the ones get you up on your feet and make you turn around three times and say stuff going to fall from. But this is one that'll keep your, your butt out of hell. This is one that'll keep you going forward. This is one that's going to save you. Watch this. And he says this, and thou shalt do to Ai and her king as thou did unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle shall ye take for a prey unto themselves. Lay thee an ambush for the city behind it. He told them this time you gave them what? Strategy. Mm-hmm. So Joshua arose and all the people of war to go up against Ai. And Joshua chose um, out 30,000 men of valor and sent them away by night. And he commanded them saying, behold, ye shall lie in wait against the city. Even before the city go not very far from the city, but ye all be ready. And then he goes on. He says this. And I, and all the people that are with me will approach unto the city and it shall come to pass when they come out against us as at the first that we will flee before them. So here, they got a strategy. The strategy is that when they come out, they're going to go to the city, like they're coming back to fight them again. And then what? AI now at this point, what? They're overconfident because what they've already beat them one time. Mm-hmm. See, this is the thing. Let me tell you all. Let me give you this real quick. I'm going to be in this for a while. It seems like it is what it is. But see, when you've defeated something one time, sometimes we have this thing of, I've done it before, I'll do it again. And that is true. But you got to remember when you've done something before, you got to remember all the circumstances that were with that. Because see, as long as I have God, I'm going to keep winning. But some of us get in the point that we become a little cocky or we become a little self-arrogant, amen, and, and then we think we did it, and then we'll find out real quickly that we didn't do it because the thing that you went in thought that you were going to just take care of and you thought you was going to take care of it by yourself, now you no longer have God with you, and now you go in there and you lose miserably. This is what we have in here. So now what? Their AI, their enemy is a little confident. And they know that. So they played into that. Because they know now they got God on their side. Before they thought they had God. But there was something that was hindering God before that. So then he says, he says um, this in verse 6. It says, For they will come out after us till we have drawn them from the city. For they will say, They flee before us, us as the first. Therefore, they will, uh, we will flee before them. Um, before them, then he says this. Then he said, "Then ye shall rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city, for the Lord your God will deliver it unto your hand, and it shall <clears throat> deliver it unto your hand." 
I'll stop right there. I've read enough. I hope y'all got the point. Um, if we use for a subject this morning, let me switch back to my screen, and we're going to go ahead and get on out of here. I want to use for a subject with you on this morning, if you would, and I'll be before you a little bit, is what is blocking your victory? What is blocking your victory? See, one of the things that you have to understand and realize here is what we have is, is that they were in battle. They were always constantly going forward. Joshua, now remember Joshua has taken over for Moses. Moses is dead. Now Joshua and Caleb are taking them into the promised land. And so therefore, the promised land, the land is theirs, but they must work for it. There's some things that are there that God promised them the victories and stuff, but it's stuff that they have to do. So here and now they're coming up against the city of Ai. So they think they're going to go in Ai and they're going to just take care of business like they typically do. Amen. Because they have a form of godliness with them that they have the Ark of the Covenant with them. So they think everything is good. But what they fail to realize is that there's one person who's in the camp who is disobeying God, that he's broken the covenant of God. He's stolen things that didn't belong to him. He took the spoils of war when they were not instructed to do so. If you notice here in the Bible, it says sometimes that they are instructed to take the spoils of war. In fact, he told them to take them for prey. Amen. Here in this particular battle, but the one before that, they were not instructed to do that. So now that he's taking these spoils of war, why did he take them for, for greed? Amen. It was greed. Why? Because the Bible's talking about how much gold he took and how much silver he took and all these garments of what? That he was trying to what? Pull himself up and make himself better than what he was. Now, why is this a problem is number one, because the stuff did not belong to him. Number two, because God is L he's, um, He's our provider, amen. And this is one of the things that you constantly see throughout the Bible, that God is constantly reminding us that we should not worry about what we eat, uh, how we're going to move and how we're going to go because he's taking care of the birds of the air. But as long as you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, as long as you're doing what I called you to do, as long as you're doing your part, that I will take care of you. So here, what? why does he go get these things? Because he wants these things for gain, amen. He wants these things to potentially, what, maybe potentially take care of himself and do this, but it was ill-gotten. In fact, it was what of an idolatrally um, sensitive world, amen, that did all kinds of things and did all kinds of stuff. So therefore, they were instructed not to touch that stuff, amen. But he brought it in. So now that is blocking the blessings of God from going forward. Now God cannot do what he wants to do. Why? Because there is sin in the camp. In fact, that what happens is that the sin causes death, amen. You know, the Bible says, for the wages of sin is death, but yet the gift of God is eternal life. So now we find that 36 men die. Why? Because there was sin in the camp. Mm. Come on, somebody. So what do we find here? So now as they go forward, then we find that the next time here that they're going forward, that they spend time examining oneself. If you go in there and you read all the verses, some of the verses that I skipped, what you will find is that Joshua called every man to examine himself. What I'm doing to you, church, as we prepare to go into the next year, amen, I'm asking every woman and every man and every household to stop and examine yourself. What is blocking me from my victory, Lord? Am I missing the mark somewhere? Lord, is there things that I'm not doing that you called me to do, Lord, Jesus, that I'm neglecting to do, Lord? Am I being faithful to the ministry? Oh God, am I praying diligently? Oh God, am I reading my Bible? Oh God, am I trusting you? Oh God, am I trusting you in tithing and offering? Oh God, am I blessing your name? Oh God, am I going into the highways and the byways and compelling them to come? Oh God, all these things, anything that He's asked you to do and you do not in disobedience now becomes a hindrance and now it blocks you from victory. Oh, come on, somebody. See, this one thing blocked them from victory, amen. That they had all these other things, but the thing that blocked them from victory was what? That 
there was something that was in the camp. What blocks us from our victory? I'm glad that you asked, brothers and sisters. First thing we want to talk about is faith. Amen. For the Bible tells us without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. So the first thing that you and I must have, brothers and sisters, is that we must believe. Amen. We must walk by faith and not by sight. We must have the faith that said the substance of things hoped for, yet the evidence of things unseen, that you're not going to always see it, but you got to trust and believe that God's got your back. You got to trust and believe that as you walk and you talk and you move and you go forward, that he's going to undergird you, that he's going to help you. I, I'm seeing here and I see often that I see people in the world have more faith than people in the church. I see people in the world who take risks in business, amen, who take risks in their jobs and in their families and all kinds of stuff, amen, but yet us of the household of faith are not even willing to move when God said, I got your back. But see, the problem is the reason we don't want to go is because we know we got some stuff that's keeping us from moving. Why? There's some things that we pull from other areas. There's some baggage that we pull with us forward to the next level, and that baggage is now keeping us from going where God has called us to go. So now, yes, we have the faith to move, amen, but we don't have the faith to see it through. I might have the faith to start, but I don't have the faith to finish. And why is that? Because I have something that's blocking my way. What's blocking your way from victory? Mm, come on, somebody. The next thing that we have that blocks our way from victory is that we lack strategy, amen. If you notice here and reading the Bible this time, when they went, they just didn't go out any way. What happened was, remember, if you notice the story that he set up a couple of spies, amen, and the spies went up there and they saw and they said, it's only a handful of them. We are way bigger than them. We can conquer them. So they went in there half-baked. They went in there kind of cocky. They went in there just on the whim. They did not go in there. They went in there improvised. They did not go in there together what happened was they literally got their butt kicked, amen, to the point that what many of them gonna had to die. And many of them did die. Why? Because they did not employ strategy. What do you mean, Pastor, by strategy? Strategy is more than just a plan. A strategy is what a intentionality towards what you do to win. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that God would give you strategy? So what God gave them was not a plan. A plan is just to meet some goals. A plan is to get a deadline. But a strategy employs that I have a plan that is going to be set out and I'm making intentional choices to win. So when I turn down my plate to fast, I make an intentional choice to win. When I turn down those situations I know God has told me not to be myself in that I choose to win, that I'm making intentional strategy moves, amen, to go. When I look at my bills and I'm like, Lord, it seems like I can't pay enough, Lord Jesus. I don't have enough. But Lord, you told me to bless you, Lord Jesus, and to pay my tithe and offering, oh God, and go forward, Lord Jesus, and bless your name, and that you would devour the, that you would rebuke the devour for my sake. Lord, I gotta trust that you're gonna do that, that you're giving me strategy, oh God. So when I go to the mail and I get checks from all over the place, amen, and things just start to seem like they always fall in place, oh God, I know that it's not me, oh God, but it's you and divine strategy, the same strategy that he gave them that the next time around, when God was with them, what did he do? He told them to lie in ambush, amen. The half of the people were to go. And the half of the people that went to go was to what? To get them to pull them out of the city. And because AI and all their cockiness, amen, and all their overconfidence, why they felt so confident because they had beat them before, that everybody, the Bible, go back and read it yourself. The Bible said that everybody left the city, amen. They left the city unattended. So what did God's people do? Why they're chasing them out there and they out there chasing after them? What they don't realize is that that's another group of men that's going in, destroying their city, huh? 
Here you are, brothers and sisters. Why are you out there chasing that thing? When you out there chasing that bag, when you out there chasing this lustful desire and all this stuff that we feel like we have to have, what you find is that while you're chasing that, that the enemy is back in and he's destroying your city. So the Bible says that while they were there, they destroyed the city, amen. And then by the time the people of Ai looked, turned around and looked back, they noticed that their city was on fire, amen. It was too late to go back. They noticed that their city was going up in flames. It was too late to turn around. It was too late. Then what happens is the Bible says then that those who were in front of them that were fleeing, amen, no longer flees, amen, but they turn around and they fight that battle. So now they find themselves in captivity in a mess here that the people of AI are in the in the middle and God's people is all around them from those who were ambush, um, in, ambushing the city and from those who were there in front. Now they find themselves all around them. Amen. How many of you know that God will give you strategy? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I feel my help coming on. So now he's giving them strategy, and in this strategy, they have nowhere to go. They are surrounded, amen. And now what? The Bible said they go in, they kill them all, but they save the king. Because the Bible told him that you would get the king just like you did in Jericho. Just like they did in Jericho, you would get him. So the Bible goes on and tells us that they took the king, and they took the king, and they basically, they hung the king. And the king hung by his neck, amen, from a tree from that from that time to sun up to be a reminder and a sign of the God of Jerusalem, or God of Jerusalem. Jacob and Isaac and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego was with them. Amen. And I'm here to tell you today that God will give you strategy. So now that battle that they did lose, if you notice in chapter 7, they got their butt kicked, but in chapter number 8, they did the butt kicking. Amen. I'm here to tell you today, church, that if you get things in order that you're going to do the butt kicking, if you get things to pull the things together, what God has called you to do, that put some things, it ain't that you're terrible. Amen. But it's the little things for the Bible tells us it's the little foxes that destroy Destroy the vine. See, see, some of us think of, it's big stuff that we're doing, but it's the little things. It's the little things. It's the little bit of this and the little bit of that and the little bit of over here and a little bit of over there. Amen. And God is calling us back because we got to be focused. Amen. In the strategy to win. I'm asking you today, what is blocking your victory? Hallelujah. So then the last part of here that God has given, we find that what? It was sin in the camp. Amen. Sin is what? Simply disobedience to God. Amen. A failure to meet the target. Amen. That God had given them specific instructions. He told them what to do. And as long as they did what God told them to do, they always won. They always had the victory. I'm here to tell you today, if you do what God tells you to do, you will always win. You will always have the victory. I'm not saying you're not going to go through some things. Sometimes you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to feel some stuff. Sometimes it's going to feel like you lose it. Feel like everybody else winning but you. But I'm here to tell you today that I'm a witness and I'm God's man and I know that I am. But he will raise you up when nobody sees you. Amen. He will be protecting you. He knows when to release you. He knows when to allow you to go forward. He knows when to change things, amen, but all of it belongs to him anyway, I'm just a manager of the things he's given me, I'm just a manager of this body, I'm a manager of this house, a manager of this space, a manager of this church, then none of this stuff belongs to me, for it all belongs to him, and as long as you can stay focused on that, and as long as you remind yourself of that, then it all belongs to him, so therefore the Bible said, he holds the king's heart in his hand, and he turned it whatever way he may, so if you desire to have a raise and a blessing, amen, then God can touch that man's heart and change it, amen, and make you second in charge like he did Joseph. He can change the man's heart and take him down at the day. 
in the lion's den and throw them the people who came after you like he did Daniel in there and allowed them. He can take you through the fire like he did Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, and you can come out and they see that's a fourth in the flame with you. That God is able to do above and beyond and to see me glad. He has a strategy towards your life. And all he asked us to do was to walk by faith. Amen. He told us to trust the plan that he's given us, the strategy that he put in the 66 books and stay out of sin. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, see, so I know that's better. It's easier said than done, amen. But that's all he asked us to do, those three simple things. Believe me, hallelujah. Follow my strategy, my word, amen, and stay obedient to me. See, this thing is easy, yet it's hard, amen. It's easy, yet it's hard. Why is it? Yes, it's easy, but yet it's hard. Why is it hard? Because, see, I have this thing that I, because, you know, we have this thing that we inherited from our father, Adam, amen, that we want to know things for ourselves, amen. It's called that tree of good and evil that he told us not to touch, amen. That was a reason he told us not to touch it. Now you know why, because now I want to know everything. I believe I got to know how to do it, amen. Hallelujah. So now I walk in what? I'm in this part that I don't have to believe because my ingenuity said that if I do this and I do this, then this should equal this. And then what happens is sometimes it don't equal that and we don't know. We lost and we confused and we dazed and we're trying to understand what is going on. Why do I have the situation that I have? Why is this happening the way it's happening? And we find ourselves struggling and fighting and trying to figure out, Lord, how do we change this? How does this change? How do we move this forward? And I'm telling you today is because of what? Of what we think we know, amen. For the Bible says it's like this. He said, lean not into your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will what? He will direct your path, meaning that way he will give you the strategy to how to move. He will show you where to move, how to go, what to say, what not to say, when to shut your mouth, when to open your mouth, what to say when it comes out of your mouth. And all he said, look, in all these things, when I give you all these things, when I do all these things, don't you think it was you, amen? Because you are just a vessel. I'm just a vessel. We are all just vessels. We are just actors on the stage that's playing a role, amen? And two hour time is up. And when our time is up, I want to hear him say, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I've been faithful of a few things. Now I'm going to make you rule over many, amen? So what he's asking us to stay what? Watch this strategy. Faith, faith, strategy, and sin. If you can do those three things, watch blessings be unlocked for you. Watch victory in your life be unlocked for you. Despite what the enemy wants to do, the enemy can't do nothing because you are strategically planted. You are a part of the plan, but you got to believe that you're part of the plan. You got to believe that you're part of the plan. And because you're part of the plan, you got to do what the plan says. And by doing what the plan says, it puts you in position to be blessed. It puts you in position to have victory. God has always wanted them to have the victory. But when they got out of position, watch this. And if you notice, it was not the leader. It was one of the people in the camp. But the entire group suffered because of one person. Listen, church. Listen, safe house to me well. We are one body. I know people say, you go as far as the leader? Mm -mm. See, that's what the world says. But in the church, we go as far as the body wants to go. As the old saying goes, you're only as strong as the weakest link. That is true for the church. Because the Bible talks about what? There was miracles and things that Jesus and them would not do. Why? Because of their unbelief. I believe with everything in me, you all, y'all know I'm burning this candle on both ends. That I believe that God has a divine strategy and a place for us here in Greensboro. 
that some tremendous things are going to happen. Some lives are going to be changed, but we got to get on one accord. We got to walk straight in faith. I know you don't agree with maybe everything I do or everything I say, and that's okay. I get that. But trust the God that's in me. Strategy. Trust the plan that he's given us, that he's revealing to us each and every day that we walk in and we go in digital. Lord, I don't understand. I See, I wouldn't understand why he said, y'all go over there and hide on the side of this house. Until the battle, you start winning the battle. And when you start winning the battle, then you saw the strategy. And you're like, oh, that's what they were doing all along. Because God already knew that the people of AI was going to run out because they, they thought they had the upper hand. So he let them. And he used their strength against them. The Bible says it like this. You ain't got to be the weak. You ain't got to be the weak or the strong. We got to do what? Believe. I'm not the strongest, nor am I the weakest. But he told us what? Believe. And in our belief, then what? We are made strong. And then he has a strategy. And then it's our job to do what? To look at the other two to avoid sin. Oh, it's so easy to get in sin. It is. It is to miss the mark. It is to get in there. It's, it, it's just when I'm looking at this and I'm looking at you said trust God and I'm looking at my bills and my things and where I'm supposed to do this. I'm not telling you nowhere I have not been. I know some say, well, Pastor, you, you can, it's easy for you to say you, you're tremendous blessed. Yep, no, I remember when I won't like that. I remember when my wife and I did pay tithe off my credit card and she didn't have a job and she wasn't working. And I wasn't sure. And you know, it wasn't many days hence after that that God opened up some doors for us. And God changed some things for us. And I tell people, oh, yeah, I, oh, I give. Well, you get so much. Mm -hmm, I do. I do. Because I know. And it's been strategic. Y'all even look at just my life this year. Y'all have heard me say it many times already because I'm just blown away. Because it's so much more than what I expected. And he's not done yet. And I'm here to tell you, he's not done with you. If you trust him, you believe him. I want y'all to hear at one point when he y'all to hear the testimony of Sister Webb, all the things that God has just done and just taking her business to the next level. She stepped out on faith last, or a year for last. And I know it was not easy. Some of us, you know, I was one of them. I was like, what is she doing? She got this great federal job. Why would she want to do that? Because see, sometimes I can't see it either. But she knew. She knew what God had told. Now God started to open up doors and she started to be a blessing, not only to that community, but the community in Greensboro. Last week, her, her foundation, one of the ladies that we met did not have any food for Thanksgiving, amen. And her foundation gave us the gift card for $200 to be able to get that lady food this week. She in Texas. We in Greensboro. God will use you if you allow yourself to be used. And now here's the thing. He's not looking for your perfection. He does the perfecting. You're not going to be perfect. You're still going to struggle sometimes. You're still going to struggle with things. You're still going to... I struggle in my faith all the time. It's part of the walk. Sometimes there are days I'm thinking, Lord, did I just miss it? Then there are times when things come together, I'm like, I'm grateful. And that's part of this life. And this is part of, and this is why the Bible tells us that, you know, we are what? To endure to the end. Endure to the end and finish your part of the race. So what is blocking your victory? Only you can answer that. You know, because everybody's victory is different. Everybody's race is different. Everybody's cause is different. And where you are in your faith 
is different. But I know there's three things, though. You must have the faith. You must be strategic. And you must avoid sin. You must be faithful. You must be strategic. And avoid sin. God bless you all. I love you all. That's all I have for you today. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. That God has laid on your heart. That you saw some things today that you never considered before. That you go back and you read Joshua 7. Read chapter. I encourage you. Spend the week. Read 7 and 8. It's going to encourage you. 7 is brutal. Especially when they're down there. They're killing them people. They killed it, but you had to kill it. And when they killed it and when they dealt with it, what happened? They won. And they won decisively. And they got back that and then some. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants you to get back and then some. Some of you taking some L's in 2023. Perceived L's. But they won't L's. He's just trying to get you lined up so that you'll listen to him. Follow his plan and stay out of your own way. I know that's what he's telling me. So as we move into the year of deeply invested this year, we're talking about investing in every part. We ain't talking about just financially investing. I'm talking about in your health. Some of us, we're getting older, y'all. All these grades on these, these are, it's not paint. Some of us in our, in our families, we have to spend that time with our children and pour that stuff into them. Some of them is in relationships with others, other parts of our family and, and in our environment. We're going to hit on all this stuff all year long. And that's Bible for all of it. Your relationship with Christ, your prayer life, your thought life, your ability to read God's word, your, your ability to touch others. All these things are a part of this. So God bless you all on tonight. I mean, this morning. And uh, we're going to pray, and we're going to get you out of here. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord Jesus, we come to you right now. Lord, we want to say we thank you. Lord, we thank you for waking us up this morning, starting us in our right mind. We thank you for the activity of our limbs. We thank you for clothes on our back, shoes on our feet, food in our stomachs, oh, God. And, Lord, we just honor you, Lord Jesus, for you are Jehovah Jireh, that you are our provider, that you're Jehovah Nisi, Lord Jesus, you find out about it. You're Jehovah Sick, do you, God Almighty. Lord, we thank you, Lord, and we love you, Lord, and we praise your name. Lord, and we give your name all the honor and all the praise, Lord Jesus. The glory and the power, Lord, for it's yours and yours alone. Help us to go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come. Help us, oh God, to be who you have us to be. Lord, to do what you have us to do, to say what you have us to say, to live how you have us to live, and to pray how you have us to pray. Touch your people all week, oh God. Let no hurt, harm, and danger come through them in any form or fashion. Lord, make way, Lord Jesus, that Sunday, Lord Jesus, that they be here with us on next week, oh God, as we celebrate you. Lord Jesus, as we go into the Christmas season, oh God, Lord, for we know, Lord Jesus, that you are the reason for the season, oh God, but Lord Jesus, you're more than that, oh God, and we just want to take this as another moment to worship you, oh God, before we go into 2024, collectively. Now, Lord, I see you watching me. Keep them, bless them, oh God, hold them, oh God, like only you can. Open up doors for them, Lord, like only you can. Bless them, oh God, for all the blessing they'll have room enough to receive, that the overflow be in their lives. Hello, we thank you, Lord, and we love you, and we praise your name. And we give your name all the honor and all the praise, Lord Jesus. The glory and the power, Lord, for it's yours and yours alone. For we dare not touch that glory, O God. But in all that ways, we acknowledge you and you said that you would direct our path. And we ask you to do all these things to others in the powerful name of Jesus. Lord, now I ask that you bless the offering, O God. And Lord, the others will bring, Lord Jesus, and the tithe that they will bring into the storehouse. Bless them and keep them, O God. Lord, bless some a hundred, some a thousand, fold, Lord, according to your riches and glory. 
Open up doors for them. Bless them. Keep them. Strengthen them, Lord, like only you can. We ask you to do all these things to others in the powerful name of Jesus. But we know this one thing, and we know this to be true, that we walk by faith and not by sight in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. At this time, we'll ask that you'll be a blessing to us in tithe and offering. Hallelujah. Here at the Safe House Church, we believe in um, tithe, um, serving God in tithe and offering, and we do it by way of the cash app. Amen. I don't know what happened to my screen here. Um, I don't know what happened to that. Yep. I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> by way of the cash app, you can give to us by the um, dollar sign at Safe House Church. Um, that's GSO. Again, at Safe House Church, GSO. Or you could um, also do that. Uh, is it, this is it. No. There we go. Uh, um, you also can do so by um by Zale offering and you can do um offering at safehousechurchgso.com again it's offering at safehousechurchgso.com that's Zale if you're doing cash out you can do dollar sign safehousechurchgso again that's dollar sign safehousechurchgso or you can do paypal paypal.me forward slash ministry or you can go old school write a check or a money order to find the fish ministries p.o box 862 Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Again, the Fine and Fish Ministries, P.O. Box 862, Summerfield, North Carolina, 27358. Woo! All right, all right. God bless you all. I love you all. You all, just, I ask that you all pray for me as I travel this afternoon, that I get there safely. Amen. And I look forward to praying with you all in the morning, if it's God's will. So God bless you all. I love you all. And remember, those three things that we talked about today. Faith, strategy, and sin. What's blocking your victory? And employ those three things as your key strategies. God bless you. Love you all. Take care. In the Lord's will, we will see you all on Wednesday. All right. Take care. Bye-bye.